This is Reviews by Jay, the podcast bringing you weekly episodes showcasing the latest in movie and television reviews, as well as my thoughts, opinions, and random chit-chat about pretty much anything on my mind. Hit that follow button and bell icon now, because I'm Jay Antonio, and it is time to talk about that film. Well, freaking well. Hi, everyone. Jay Antonio here. Welcome back to Reviews by Jay. This is so exciting. I know it's been a little while. I've been on vacation, guys. Like, I deserved it. You know, it's one of those things where I just got on a boat and I left and then I didn't record an episode. So <laughs> that was kind of how that went. But yes, thank you so much. This is so exciting, guys. I'm really, really excited to be talking about this. This is Stranger Things Season 4, Part 1. I am genuinely so obsessed with this show. When it first came out in 2016, I was like, what is this nonsense and how can I get more of it? We're years into this now. This came out in 2016. I was 26. I am 32 now. So I want everyone to just think about that for one second. I can't believe it came out so long ago, but yes, it did. The very first episode came out on July 15th, 2016. That is so long ago. What were you even doing in 2016? Half of you probably weren't even born in 2016. But my goodness, from then until now, this show has blossomed into this incredible ensemble of wonderful, talented like incredible humans. And I honestly can't wait to talk about this one. So before we jump in, of course, as always, there is a spoiler warning in effect, because if you haven't seen this by now, it's been out for over a week now. So if you haven't seen it, just to maybe go check it out and come back and listen to this. But if you have, let's jump in and talk about it, because this is really fun. And I've got some cool little thoughts and, you know, some theories about what might happen in the next season, or I guess, sorry, season four, part two, which comes out in July. I am just very excited. So let's jump in. Let's talk about this show. It's review time. All righty. Well, listen, I know it's not a film. It's a, it's a television show, but here we are. I reckon we start talking about it now because... This show has actually only had 34 episodes, even though it's been running since 2016. So, on average, there's only a few episodes per season. This is probably the longest... Actually, it is the longest season that's been out since the start. Now, this show has some huge, incredible names. I'm going to do this once, and then I'm going to refer to them by their character names moving forward. So, the show stars Millie Bobby Brown, Finn Wolfhard, Winona Ryder, Yas Queen... David Harbour, Gatton Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, Natal- Natalia Dyer, Charlie Heaton, Joe Keery, Noah Schnapp, Sadie Sink, and Priya Ferguson. So it's a huge ensemble cast. And that's just the, like, the main people. There are dozens of other cast members in this show. Dozens. But the main person, of course, Millie Bobby Brown, she plays Eleven. She's the titular character of this show, or at least she was. And I sort of say that because this season didn't really focus on Eleven as much as I think other seasons did. Because she was kind of apart from the rest of the cast. She was doing her own thing. Her character was taken into like a like a bunker um, in the middle of nowhere to try and bring back her powers. Because if you've seen the last, um, the last season, she lost her powers at the end of that. Okay, maybe let's just take a step back and actually talk about what is the plot of this show and why do people have powers? What's going on? So... It's interesting because the reason for, I guess, everything hasn't really been explained to us in 
any sort of detail just yet. But the sort of, you know, here and there of this show is basically that it takes place in Hawkins, which I believe is Indiana in America, in this small town in the 80s. And there is a world that lives below our world called the Upside Down, which is essentially a mimic of our entire world at this point, I guess it would be. And it lives through a portal that can be accessed from certain areas. And inside this world, there's no there's no life. It's all monsters and demons and really, really dark creatures and all of that kind of stuff. And in season one, um, Will gets taken into this uh, upside down, if you will. And he's there all season. And the whole plot is to try and get him back from the upside down. And then from there, it kind of just explodes because all these theories started to happen of like, who created it? Where did it come from? Who can access it? Yada, yada, yada. So there's been a lot actually going on with this particular show, which is why it's so great, because the theories are so fantastic. This season, though, we learn more about it than we've ever learned before. Without giving this part away, because I think it is a seriously big plot point, we do uncover a lot more about it toward the end in the very last episode of part one of this season. And honestly, it's a fantastic, fan-freaking-tastic season. Every single episode is well-written. It's well-put-together. It's incredibly well-acted. The music, though, can we talk about the music? Fantastic. And it's not just soundtrack music. Of course, we have, like, 80s artists, and they're fantastic. If you go right now and check the number one song on iTunes, you will see... I mean, at the time of recording, you will see it is Kate Bush... The song was used in the show, and the song is from the 80s, and it is now number one on iTunes. That blows my mind. That's incredible. The power that this show has is unbelievable. It broke every single Netflix record. I'm going to read you the numbers. Give me one sec. Okay, so the way that Netflix does their sort of top shows and how they talk about viewership, they talk about it in hours. So rather than, you know, everyone tuned in at this time, because obviously it's not sort of live television, you can watch it on demand. They talk about things in hours. So the week that this came out, it had an incredible amount of viewers. Let's compare it. So up until now, Bridgerton season two held the record for most viewed hours on Netflix in the first week. Bridgerton season two held the record for as long as it came out, which I think was probably last year. And it was watched for 193 million hours on its first weekend. This show was viewed for 287 million hours during its release. That's nearly 100 million hours more than the current record holder or the previous record holder now. So when you think about that, you can see that the fans are honestly out of control. We are. I. This show dropped its entire first half in one go. That's what I really like about this show, because it does drop everything in one go. Now, we talk about series sort of four part one and series four part two. It's the first time they've ever done this with Stranger Things. And I probably would gather that it's for two reasons. Number one, viewership, of course, build the hype for the final two episodes of this season. The final two episodes come out on July 1st this year. So there's a lot kind of happening at the moment. And it's really interesting because the final two episodes were directed by the Duffer Brothers themselves, which is usually the case for a lot of the episodes. But in this one, the final two are. They are also movie length episodes. So this has the longest episode runtime by any season of Strange Things previously. So the shortest episode from memory was about 40 to 50 minutes long in this season. And the longest one was one hour and 40 minutes. 
It was a full-on movie-length episode, and it was incredible, and it needed it because there was so much happening. The last two episodes, I believe from memory, one of them is like two hours long, over two hours long, which is mind-blowing to me. But I would love Disney Plus and all the other streaming platforms to actually take note about episode length times. Number one, you are not restricted to a freaking 42-minute sitcom-length episode anymore. You are not. You don't need to make 30 to 40-minute shows all the time. And I understand why you might want to because of budget and yada, yada, yada. But this is proof in the pudding that people will sit there and watch because they dropped seven episodes on May 27th. And those seven episodes in total was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. We all watched them all without fail in the first week. The fans watched them. I did avoid Twitter for a few days because I was on holidays, so I couldn't watch them. But I absolutely recommend that other streaming platforms take note for this because it is really important to be able to tell a vision, a story, the writer, the director, they need to be able to have that time to tell their vision and editing and shortening and changing the visions from those directors and from those writers is just not always the way that you should do things. I mean, look at Warner Brothers. Look what has happened with the entire DCEU. It's a freaking nightmare. It's a disaster for them. It is an absolute, I'm going to swear, it's an absolute shit show. Then you've got Marvel, who, look, there are super fans, and then there are people that don't like the way that Marvel does things, but the proof, again, is in the pudding. They tell a great story, they allow the director to have their vision, and the only Marvel movie that I can think of, now, this doesn't not include Sony Pictures, like the disaster that was Morbius, but I'm talking about MCU, Disney-produced Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, the only one that kind of fell flat, in my opinion, was The Eternals. It was far too long. It did not follow the standard Marvel sort of storytelling, uh, like procedural ways. It didn't do that. It kind of tried to break that mold and it, it didn't do very well. I think it's probably one of the lowest Rotten Tomato scores, if you will. So yeah, there's a way that you need to do those things. And I think letting the directors have the vision is really important. That Eternals was just like a a one-off sort of one-off thing but with this particular season this show is just everything to me the cast is mature the script is matured the storyline is broken up into at least three different sort of ongoing and you know in amazing incredible stories all happening in one go so you have l who has moved to california um with jonathan byers and will byers Oh, and of course, Winona Ryder. We love Winona Ryder. So they've moved. They've moved away from Hawkins. They needed a change because at the last, the end of the last season, Hopper died. Or so we thought. I guess really no one thought that, but, you know, they tried to make us think that. And basically, from that point onwards, they're sort of separate from the Hawkins cast. And the Hawkins cast is people like Dustin and Lucas. Nancy Wheel is there. Steve is there. You know, there's a few people. And of course, Max. Oh my God, Max. Sadie Sink as Max. We'll talk about that in a second. So they're in Hawkins. And then you have the entire Jim Hopper, who's played by David Harbour, his entire storyline taking place in Russia. And it's a really, really big departure from what I would have expected to see this season. But I loved it. It was so incredible and actually quite emotional, which was surprising. I didn't expect his story to get as deep as it actually did. But there were parts in there that were really quite heartbreaking. And it was really interesting to watch these three stories unfold. This show is visually stunning. So if you're all about the visual sort of beautiful picture and like scenery and, you know, beautiful sort of 
panning camera shots. This is stunning this season. As I said, they're all over the globe, really. So the the story that you can get is just incredible. It's really, really good. The story is matured from where it was last season, and I really can't talk how highly enough about this show. It sounds like I'm going to cry, but no, I'm just losing my voice. It's actually the first time that I've spoken today, which is <laughs> crazy because it's midday um, on a Sunday. So here we are. Here we are. Moving on. The whole storyline that Eleven is going through this season is really about bullying. And look, I think all of us have been bullied once in our lives, if not more. I hated school for the record. I thought it was awful. I would never want anyone to go through what I went through. And I think I didn't even have it that hard. There are people out there that have it significantly harder. But watching Eleven's story with the bullies and getting bullied, it was so reminiscent of some of the things that I went through in school. And look, I'm not perfect. I will be the first to admit that maybe I wasn't the nicest to some people as well. And I'm sorry for that. I was also going through a tough period, which is not an excuse for what you know, for people's behavior. But I think, you know, school, kids, we, you just don't think back then. You look back on it now and you think, wow, what a crazy time to be alive. But anyway, Elle's bullying storyline was really deep. It was really hard to watch. And then at one point she has this breaking point where she just essentially beats this girl, this bully, this awful, awful girl with a roller skate or an ice skate or whatever it was. And I remember sitting there going, cool, good for you, girl. Like, go and get your, go and get it. And it's interesting, though, because from that point on, I was, I kept thinking to myself, like, fighting is never the answer. And violence is is never the answer. But I couldn't help but root for her. Because <laughs> this girl was so mean to her. This girl was awful to her. Awful to her. And got pretty much the entire ice skating ring or rollerblading ring, whatever it was. I think it was a, not ice skating. I think it was um, roller skating. Um, but got like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people in on this bullying. And I'm like, how is that okay? So anyway, Elle finally got her way, beat her face in with a roller skate, which was really interesting. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think it's one of those things that had to happen for the storyline, of course, but also good for you. Good for you. Stand up for yourself, girl. So that was great. Um, what else did I like? Okay, so episode four, Dear Billy, was Sadie Sink, who plays Max. It was her swan song. It was her dividing glory. I don't know what I'm saying, but basically it was just the most beautiful episode in the season. Episode four. If you haven't watched episode four yet, I would strongly urge that you go and do it. It was unbelievably good. It was the best episode, in my opinion, of Stranger Things that has ever come out. Out of all 34 episodes, number four of season four is the best one. It is by far the best. It's also where we hear the Kate Bush song. I don't know if it's the first time we hear it, but it's certainly there. And it's prominent in the episode. It's very prominent. But it's, uh, I was, I just remember looking at my friend because I was watching it with my bestie. I remember looking at him right at the end of that episode and I just wanted to cry. Because the episode itself was so beautiful and so emotional. And the end of that episode was honestly just... It was just this emotional climax of friendship. And it was everything. And I really, really urge that you go and watch it. Because truly, I don't remember another episode of television anytime recently. Or maybe even ever. That was as good as this. 
And yes, it's long. It's a long episode. And yes, you probably need to watch some of the other episodes to actually know what's going on. But I highly recommend that you do that because it's incredible. I reckon it's time to talk about the ratings, guys. What do you think? So, without further ado, take it away, me. Time to rate that film. Alrighty, thank you. So, we talk about storyline, music, acting, effects, and editing here on Reviews by Jay. And I'm going to dive straight on in. We're going to speed through this because, honestly, it's just an incredible show. And I want to give you some time back to go and actually watch the show because it's so freaking good. And go and watch it again if you haven't watched it yet. So, storyline. It is the most ambitious project for for a storyline out of any of the Stranger Things seasons so far. There are three intertwining stories at a minimum happening, and they're major storylines as well. So three major intertwining stories happening all in one go. And then on top of that, you have a bunch of these mini sort of storylines also happening at the same time. There's a lot happening, but we're lucky because Netflix gave the show the time that it needed to tell all of those stories and do all of them justice. So for storyline, I'm immediately giving this a 10. This is a 10 out of 10 season. And I'm not comparing it to other shows in this case. I'm actually thinking about the previous seasons of Stranger Things where maybe it wasn't quite a 10. Maybe they were an 8 or a 9. This out of all of the seasons, this is a 10. The storyline and the plot was fantastic. It was it kept you thinking, it kept you on your feet. And it didn't give anything away until the final episode. There was little points where I started to click onto things, but the overarching bad guy, for example, I had no idea because they hadn't given you the ammo to work it out for yourself. They just hadn't done that. And that's exactly how a movie or a show should be. You shouldn't get into that show and have 20 minutes and go, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I get it. It happens. Things are predictable because storylines are often recycled and reused because we, you know, there's only a certain amount of things that can happen on screen. This wasn't like that. And it wasn't like that because they just didn't give you the pieces of the puzzle that you actually needed to work it out. And I fully respect that because it kept me wondering and wanting to know more because I was it was physically impossible unless I went and spoiled it for myself online, which I hate people that do that. Like, it's just, what's the point, right? What is the point in doing that? Like, you could watch it and you could work it out and you can experience it exactly how it was intended to be experienced. Or you can go on Twitter. So I avoided Twitter. But yes, I'm really glad that I did that because the, the the whole reveal was just incredible. I'm not going to spoil it on here for you, by the way. Music 10. Guys, come on. Kate Bush is all I need to say for music. On top of that, of course, we have the Stranger Things theme song. Listen, listen to this. Honestly. Oh, God. Inject this into my veins, honestly. Inject it into my veins. This is stunningly great. And I think, wasn't it on, like, the radio or something? <laughs> it, like, was on, like, what's that one top 100 Triple J hits or whatever it is that they have around Australia Day? I don't know. I don't listen to that sort of stuff. I'm not judging you if you do, but I just can't get around it. Are you ready for the... Oh, my God. Here we go. <gasps> yes! Honestly, I actually can't deal... I can't believe I'm just listening to the whole theme song. Like I'm taking up a minute of everyone's time just because I wanted to listen to it. Heartbeat. Guys, all right, cool. That was like, honestly, how can you rate it anything less than 10 with that incredible, incredible song? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I probably am. I usually am. In fact, I'm always right. I don't remember a time I've ever been wrong. 
So 10 out of 10 for music. Alrighty, acting. Guys, this is a straight nine from me. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. The acting was really, really good. In fact, I'm verging on giving it a 10, but I think a nine is where it kind of sits. Cause there are a few times where I was like, hmm, questionable. But for the most part, the acting was really, really fantastic. So nine for acting. And I reckon we just go straight into effects because this is incredible. Effects is incredible because the bad guy, Vecna, I thought watching him, oh my God, he's so creepy. He's so horrified that it's CGI. But no, it's a practical effect. The bad guy was real. And it's interesting because normally if I sort of said to someone, oh, it looked like CGI, they would think, oh no, like that's bad. But no, Stranger Things CGI is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It was also interesting how they made a, you know, basically an adult Millie Bobby Brown resemble her nine-year-old self. It was just incredible. So yeah, absolutely recommend checking that out. I think it's one of those things that you need to see it to believe it because it's really, really good. And I love the horror vibes of this. The effects are getting a 10, by the way. The horror vibes of this show are just fantastic and it's exactly why I love it. In terms of editing, the final point here... Editing is also a 10. So I think it's one of those shows where you actually just need to go and look at it because the actual show itself is fantastic to watch. It's fantastic to see. It's an easy watch. And I really think you're going to get something out of it because it's just a lot of fun. And I really think it's good. So it's time for the final score. Time for the final score. Alrighty. Thanks, me. Guys, the final score. Let's talk about it. It's 4.9 out of 5. It is 4.9 out of 5. Storyline, 10. Music, 10. Acting, 9. Effects, 10. Editing, 10. 4.9 out of 5. And it's well-deserved. And I am so excited for the final two episodes. I'm not even going to fluff around, guys. I'm really not. Go and watch this show right this very instant. Right this very instant. Don't waste anyone's time. Just go and do it. Streaming now on Netflix. I highly recommend it because it's a lot of fun. There are some... Not hard to watch moments. It's more like you kind of need to know a little bit of the backstory, I think, to jump into this season. Probably Elise have watched season one. So if you go check it out, let me know. Leave a like, leave a comment. Hit follow on Spotify or whichever podcast app you're looking at. Yes, I know. People have been asking for Apple podcasts. Guys, listen, I'm just going to touch on that briefly. The reason I'm not on Apple is because they make you pay. Spotify doesn't make you do any of that. And neither do any of the other providers, which is really nice. And look, I'm not trying to make money from this. It's just something I do for fun. Something I do because I think maybe you'll like to listen to it. But anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Let's go. Like, cut, the, cut the thing. Cut the thing. I'll see you guys next Monday. Um, also, thank you so much for listening to Back to the Future because it was really, really great. And Chris and I had such a great time recording that that we're actually going to do the second one. Yay. How exciting. Okay. Have a great rest of your week. Go and check this out. And let me know what you want to hear because I'm always around. Go to my Instagram at Reviews by Jay. Have a, have a great one, guys. I'll speak to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Reviews by Jay. I'm pop culture enthusiast Jay Antonio. Find me weekly on Spotify every Monday by searching Reviews by Jay for the latest in film, television, and musical theatre reviews. Check out my Instagram at Reviews by Jay. I am absolutely happy to take requests for movies and let me know what you guys want to see and hear. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic rest of your week and I will see you on Monday.